Hello and welcome to Abundant Life Worship Center. This is Pastor Derry. Today's message is titled Responsibility, which is part 10 of our series titled The Kingdom Leader. Listen in, take notes, and we'll talk to you at the end of the message. Amen. Praise God. I want you to open your Bible really quickly to Luke chapter 22. I'm going to go through a couple of things while you're turning there. So we've been talking about the kingdom leader for uh, nine weeks. And so this is week 10 of the kingdom leader. The title of today's message is response ability. Not responsibility, but response ability. Response is an answer or reply as in words that you have or actions that you take. So when you respond to something, it's the action that follows an event, a situation or something that occurs. You respond to everything. So our life is made up of a series of responses. So when you're a baby and you're born, you got to respond to the atmosphere. You were tucked away in the womb, you were in the ambiotic fluid, and you had your little umbilical cord, and life was rosy. But then all of a sudden, your, your life got shaken. And without you knowing it, this pressing and this squeezing and what's happening is forcing you out of your comfortable space into an atmosphere you did not choose. See, we always look at childbirth from the mother's perspective. Think about it from the baby's perspective. The baby's comfortable. The baby's just living life. Just, I'm just in here growing, leaps and bounds. Look at how I'm growing. And then all of a sudden, your life gets shaken. And powers beyond your control push you out of where you were comfortable. You're immediately gripped with somebody smacking you on your back. <laughs> your instinct is to cry. And your crying and your sobbing is greeted with what? Getting wrapped up in a blanket and stuck under a lamp. <laughs> your eyes haven't adjusted yet, so you don't you can't you can't see anything. All the noises, nothing sounds right because you now you're hearing directly in your ear and not through the womb. Everything's foreign and you're uncomfortable. And the only thing you find soothing is when they take you and lay you on your mother's chest. So you hear the beating of the pater, the parent. The beating of the heart of the parent then all of a sudden gives you peace. (laughs) Amen. Kingdom leader, God's about to squeeze you out of the womb. God is going to squeeze you out of the womb where you're comfortable and he's going to push you in an atmosphere where you don't feel comfortable and your only solace is going to be how close can you keep to the heart of pater, of God? How close can you stay to God's heart when you're uncomfortable? When you're forced out of your comfortable space and forced to live a new life Amen. Listen, kingdom leaders, when we talk about response, that baby has to respond. But what the baby doesn't yet know is that this new environment that they are born into, there is already ingrained in them ability to live this life. 
What is ability? Ability is the power or capacity to do or act physically, mentally, socially. You can deal with things from a financial perspective or a resource perspective or morally. So you have given the power or the ability to respond and how you respond measures your response ability. How you actually respond tells us how responsible you are. Because you're responsible if you understand that you have to respond to things and you have the ability to respond. Many times we get into hard situations and we doubt our ability, which then governs our responses, when it should be the other way around. We should know we can respond because we know we have ability. Instead of measuring our ability and then gauging our responses. See, when we don't put things in the proper order, then the enemy takes advantage of that thing. He took advantage of Adam and Eve because he got them to question God's love before they actually looked at God's provision. (laughs) I'm going to say that one more time. He got them to question God's love before they actually looked at what God had already provided. Has God indeed said? They dropped the seed of doubt regarding their capacity. God's holding something back from you, so you need to take action. Their action or their response was then gauged by a deficit mindset, that something was missing. And so if the enemy can persuade you that you have something missing in your life, you will actually take improper responses and forget your ability. Amen. Come on. I'm going to drill this for you today. Now, look real quickly. Let's go back to Miles Monroe's definition of leadership. And let's take this and we'll kind of think about this. The definition of leadership he gave us was that leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration generated by passion, motivated by a vision, birthed from conviction, produced by a purpose. And so we know that this production by a purpose is actually what then pushes us into a sense of leadership. So leadership doesn't have to be because you have a position. Leadership is because you have influence. And you have influence somewhere. Every person has a level of influence in their lives. That same baby that was forced into the atmosphere immediately begins to influence the household that they go to. Wait a minute. You were just born. Yep, and he has influence. That baby's saying, who's going to sleep? Who's not going to sleep? That baby's demanding money be spent in certain ways that it wasn't spent yesterday before he got here. He or she, amen. That baby's going to start making things happen. Their influence is going to be felt without them ever having a position or title. If you ever had a job, you had the boss and the influencer. Amen. You had the person who had the role of supervisor or manager or director, and then you had the influencer who after we had a meeting and the manager says, this is what we're going to do, you walk out of the meeting, everybody tries to find out what so-and-so says we're going to do. 
<laughs> Amen. Because if they said we're not doing it, guess what? We ain't doing it. Why? Because their influence is going to be felt. So influence doesn't require position. Influence requires understanding. If you understand that you can choose your responses based on your abilities, then you will may probably make a lot different decisions in different areas of your life. Amen? Now, real quickly, let's go to Luke chapter 22. I want to lay out a person for you who you're all aware of. We're all aware of the, the apostle Peter. But before he was the apostle Peter, he was Peter the fisherman. And he meets Jesus because his brother Andrew met Jesus, brings him to Jesus, and he comes to know Jesus and decides, this is a guy I want to spend some time with. And as a fisherman, Jesus worked a miracle that caught his attention. He had been out fishing all night one night, and all of a sudden, after he's been fishing all night, he brings in his boat, and Jesus said, hey, can I use your boat? And he says, yeah, fine. He said, Let, let's press out to the deep. He said, Lord, we're not going out again. We've been fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. He said, no, don't worry about it. Just go out. So they went out, and Jesus tells him where to drop his nets. He drops his nets, and all of a sudden, when they go to pull the nets in, they have so many fish that the boat almost sinks. And Peter's response is, oh, my God, who's on my boat? We're professional fishermen. We're out here fishing all night. He tells us where to go. We go that place. And what does he do? He works a miracle and we got all this stuff. So Peter's caught by Jesus's ability. So then they go further in and, and one day Jesus said, who do you all think I am? And everybody starts calling out stuff. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, you are blessed flesh and blood. Did not reveal that to you, but my Father who's in heaven. You're hearing from God, Peter? And Peter's all puffed up. Oh, man, I'm hearing from God, man. I was with this guy. I knew he was from God. I knew he was from God. And now I'm hearing from God. He's all excited. But he got so excited when Jesus says, now I'm going to go to the cross. He says, you're not going to the cross? <laughs> I'm going to make sure you don't go to the cross. And Jesus had to say, shut up, Satan and get behind me. So Peter was up here, boom, now he's down here. But then they go through, and he gets to the point where they go to the Mount of Transfiguration, and Jesus only takes three of his disciples up to this mountain, and when they're standing there, Jesus says, I want you to stay right here. I'm going to step right over here. And Jesus begins to talk to the Father and starts to sh shift in front of their eyes. He starts to glow, and all the disciples say, Lord, is it good that we even be here? And once again, Peter said, I knew this dude was from God. I knew it. <laughs> so once again, Peter's up here. They have more experiences, and then comes the night where they all have to sit at the table. And Jesus is having the Last Supper with them. And at the Last Supper, Jesus says, I'm going to wash all your feet. And Peter says, No, Lord. I knew all this time I've been following you. I know you're God. And, and you know what? You can't, I won't let you wash my feet. And so Jesus explains the kingdom to him and washes his feet. And here we are in Luke chapter 22. And once again, 
Peter is faced with responses that he has to make. So Luke chapter 22, we're going to begin at verse 31. It would help if I was already there. Amen. All right. Verse 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, he's talking to Peter, Indeed, Satan has asked for you. Everybody, put your hand over your heart. Say, I am a kingdom leader, and Satan is asking for me. <laughs> See, you've been in Christ, and you've been going up and down in your life. Amen. You've been having those mountaintop moments, and you've been having those challenging moments, and you've been going up and down in your life with God. Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? And let me know if I'm just talking to myself or not. Amen. Good. We all understand that. We understand there's moments when you say, man, I knew, man, God's with me. And then there's moments you're saying, where, God, where are you at? And there's also moments you say, what did I do? <laughs> Amen. They always where God's where you at. I know where God is. I just know where I am too. He says, Satan's asking for you. Satan asks for you too. Because Satan understands your influence. <laughs> see, you don't see your influence. See, when the baby comes out and the baby comes to the house, the baby's not aware of its influence. The baby's just, I'm hungry, I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> the baby's just responding. But the baby doesn't understand that their responses create a ripple in the house. And they create influence in the house. Sometimes you don't understand as you're going through things, your life is creating ripples in other people's lives. You understand that your responses create ripples in other people's lives. <laughs> Amen. Listen, Satan wants you. He's asking for you that he may sift you as wheat. Listen, Dr. Ron here has been just living his life, minding his own business. He may not ever realize how much his ripples impacted our lives. But when he stands before God, God's going to crown him for some of the stuff that was just ripples he didn't realize he was creating. <laughs> and not just us, other people. Lots of other people. Amen. The ripples of his life when he's not even conscious of creating him. See, you, we sometimes think we have to be conscious of leadership in order to do it. Some of your best leadership is when you don't even know you're doing it. Some of your best leadership decisions are when you don't think anybody else is paying attention to you. It is a matter of understanding Satan desires you. Because you pose a problem to him. You pose a problem to the kingdom of darkness. You do. No matter how big or small you think you are. Was it one of our guiding principles? It is the fact that every person who's part of the kingdom of God is anointed to make an impact. Impact. You throw a rock on a river, what happens? Ripples. It makes an impact. The bigger the rock, the bigger the ripple. Amen. Amen. But guess what? A small rock thrown in the right, right place can make a good ripple too. <laughs> Amen. 
So you say, man, I'm not a big rock. Don't need to be a big rock. You just need to be a small rock put in the right place. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Say, say, I'm a pebble. Come on. I'm a powerful pebble. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's look further. Verse 32. But I have prayed for you. Man, it's a good thing when Jesus is praying for you. Amen. Amen. I love you call me to ask for prayer, but it's better when Jesus is praying for you. <laughs> Amen. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. The issue is the matter of faith. He's not praying that it be his smooth life. I'm praying for your blessing. No, I'm praying that your faith not fail you. See, what Peter is coming to understand in this conversation with Jesus is that Jesus expected him to have to fight. Jesus expected him to have to struggle. Because there's some things that are never revealed to you until you struggle. There's revelation you can't get from on the top of the mountain. Some revelation only comes when you come down and you face challenges and trials, struggles. Amen. Amen. I pray for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Want to understand Jesus' attitude about failure? He expects you to fall. Amen. There's a statistic that says that the average entrepreneur is not successful in a business endeavor until, they three point, until they've fallen 3.8 times. Amen. So it's not until your third failed business that you might have. Uh, <laughs> Amen. 3.8 times. Now, what's the difference between those who stop at three and those who get past 3.8? It's your faith. Amen. Amen. See, if you don't believe, then you will lay down. Remember we read last, last week in the book of Proverbs, a righteous person may fall, but they will rise how many times? Oh, man, come on. How many times? Oh, man, come on one more time. How many times will they rise? Okay, y'all ain't ready for this. All right, anyway. Seven times. Seven times. A righteous person can fall, but they will rise seven times. I think seven is past 3.8. Amen. Seven is past 3.8. So guess what? It's expected that 3.8 times might happen to you. And then Jesus came back and said, listen, if, you, if somebody fails or offends you, how many times should I forgive them? Peter said, seven times? No, seven times, 70 times. He expects you to fall or to struggle or to have challenges. But he also expects you to rise. That's what he said. After you are strengthened, then you strengthen your brothers. In other words, once you are strengthened, then you become an influencer to those who are also struggling. That is what a responsibility is. If you understand that challenges are going to come, you're going to have to respond. But when you respond, you respond out of the ability God has placed in you and not just out of what you think. 
It is the power that God has given us to respond to challenge and to overcome. That's what God wants us to do. And you become an influencer after you have gone through because to tell you what, people who've been through challenges are more inspired than those have not. Amen. That's, that's the difference between theory and practice, right? I believe this will happen. I have seen this happen. <laughs> Amen. Look, verse 33. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Theory. I'm ready. I'm ready to go wherever I need to go. That's the theory. Verse 34. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you will deny me three times. And that you know me. Not only will you deny me, you will deny you even know me. Go down to verse 54. And this is right before Jesus is being arrested and taken for the issues that come on Friday. Verse 54 says, Then having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And this is when Jesus is arrested by the Roman soldiers. In verse 55, excuse me, verse, end of verse 54. <clears throat> and Peter followed at a distance. Now, this is Peter that was ready to go to prison and die. But he's following at a distance. Verse 55. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with Jesus. Wait a minute, they took Jesus? This is one of his followers. He was identified, amen. Sometimes you hang out with people and you think you're you hiding. Somebody will see you, amen. Verse 56, and a certain servant girl seeing him. As he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. Verse 57. But he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. Verse 58. After a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. <laughs> He's denying women and men. Amen. <laughs> woman, not me. Man, I'm not. Verse 59, then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow is also was with him, for he is a Galilean. As a matter of fact, not only were you with Jesus, I know where you come from. <laughs> but Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned, looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And I want you to look at this next verse, and I want you to connect with this. Verse 62 
And Peter went out and wept bitterly. See, we're people of faith. We believe in faith. We believe in victory. We believe in fighting the good fight. We believe in those things. We thoroughly believe them. We talk to each other about them. We encourage each other with those. But something you can't escape. And there's going to be a season where you feel like you have let God or people down. And you're going to weep bitterly about it. You're going to feel hurt about it. You're going to feel bad about it. See, again, for all the faith that we talk, and it's true, you cannot escape that moment where you realize God didn't abandon me. I did something. I did something that has now separated me. And probably the worst part for Peter is, once he denies him, he looks up and Jesus is right there. He looks and sees Jesus. He locks eyes with Jesus and all of a sudden the word of the Lord hits him. See, if you've never failed and never made a mistake, I appreciate you. I really, I appreciate you. But for those of us who haven't been perfect in life, there's seasons where Satan's desire to sift you starts to come come to pass. And you fall into the vat where he's ready to sift you because you failed or you fell. But what I praise God is that God has given you the power to lift yourself out of that. But you're going to do it not by fight, but by faith. You're going to come out of your circumstances not because you're equipped or you're ready, but the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God, which is called grace, is going to meet you at the bottom of that hole. And that grace which is sufficient for you, that strength that's made perfect in the weakness of your time, that grace is going to grab you and instill in you the faith that God still loves me and I'm coming out of this hole. See, Jesus told Peter, I'm already telling you, you're going in this hole. Before the cock crows, you're going to be at the bottom. You're going to look me eye to eye. I'm going to see you do what I'm telling you you're going to do. But even seeing you in your worst, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is going to get perfected. And guess what? You're not getting my perfect strength until you get weak enough to receive it. Amen. My problem when I went to college, and praise God, DeJounte's headed for college. Here's my problem when I went to college. I thought I was already smart. (laughs) So all the help that was there for me, I could not receive because I don't need it. (laughs) I don't need help from anybody. I'm already smart. It has been proven. Have you seen my SAT scores? It is proven I am smart. So I did not receive help because I was sufficient for where I had been. (laughs) 
But what I didn't know is that I was getting squeezed out of that womb. I was getting pushed out of that womb and I was in a new place where I was not as comfortable or accomplished. And because I was closed and would not receive, I couldn't remain in that space. Saints, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be aware that God's pushing you to a new place and whatever you learned in the past is just knowledge. You're going to have to get a new set of tools to do new things in a new space. You're going to have to depend on God's grace to take you to a new place. Guess what? Everybody wants the world to go back where it was. You can't go back where it was. It's like the man walking down the street with his horse saying, one of these days, <laughs> one of these days, me and my horse going to be dominating the road. No, you ain't. These cars going to dominate the road. And if you don't get out the way, you and your horse are going to have a bigger problem than you have right now. You ain't going back. You're not going back to a 12-inch black and white television sitting on top of the counter with a hanger coming out the top to get more channels. You ain't going back there. I was, so, I was so glad when they created a remote control. <laughs> I was the remote control. And for some reason, my grandfather liked to watch Channel 44 and Channel 20. And I had to go and turn the dial and keep turning. Y'all don't know about this. I had to keep turning from 44 to 20. I'm glad it wasn't no Channel 72. I would have been in trouble, man. Big man, go turn the channel. What do you want to turn to? Turn it to 20. <laughs> Not 20. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. I'm a <laughs> Peter had to be prophesied to by Jesus. Not to get him out of where he was, but to get him out of where he's going to be. See, sometimes we want a prophetic word to help us where you are right now. Prophetic words don't come to help you where you are. Prophetic words come to help you where you're going to be. And you have to get that word and hang on to that word so that when you get into that space, the word of the Lord comes to you and reminds you what you now need to do that God already told you you were going to have to do. Amen. Amen. God's not prophesying to me about how to be a good husband. I've been a, I've been a husband a long time. Ain't no prophetic word coming to me telling me how to do this. <laughs> Amen. He's telling you where you got to go. <laughs> Amen. Come on, listen. Listen. Let's, let's, let's get the rest of this. I want you, so verse 62, right? You got that? But let's go to Acts chapter 1. Because Jesus already told Peter, after you're strengthened, you're going to have to strengthen your brothers. Amen. So in Acts chapter 1, we know the beginning of Acts chapter 1, it starts telling us that Jesus had risen from the dead and told his disciples. He appeared to a bunch of the disciples and told them the first group he told, he said, and go tell Peter. Peter wasn't with the first group that saw him. He said, I want you to go tell Peter I have risen. Jesus was worried about Peter. He was not worried. He was aware of Peter. Let's say it. He wasn't worried. He already knew where he was. Amen. 
So now here's Peter after they had the promise of Jesus that wait till the Holy Spirit comes, but the Spirit hasn't come yet. In verse 15, they're sitting there in the upper room. They're praying. They don't know what to do next. They, they say, man, what, what are we supposed to do? And this, I, I want you to look at this in verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Woo, amen. Peter, the one who denied Jesus, is now the one who stands up. Why? Because he already told him, when you get strengthened, you're going to strengthen your brothers. In other words, Peter's fall wasn't permanent. Peter, by the time we get to Acts chapter 1, Peter's already made up his mind. Man, God loved me. Guess what? I'm taking lead. He responded. <laughs> Amen. They're all sitting there in the room wondering, what do we do next? What are we supposed to do now? What do we do? And Peter responds to the need of the people, understanding Jesus already said, listen, Peter, when you get strengthened, you can be an influencer. So everybody's sitting here not knowing what to do. You've been in the hole. Help them get out. You fall and come on. Help them get out. They're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. So what did he do? Peter rose up among the disciples. Amen. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Verse 14. Now the Holy Spirit comes and it's new. Nobody knows what to do. Man, what are we supposed to do now? Peter says, verse 14, but Peter, standing up in the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. What happened? Peter reclaimed himself. Peter took his challenge and changed it to response based on God's ability in him. God's ability then brought back the words of the prophet Joel. He, what happened? In other words, the word that was sold in him before came up to explain what was happening now. He said, these are the words. This is what this is. He was able to speak based on what had been sown into him in the past, which is why you have to make yourself a person of the word today so that when you get into the future, the word will come up and Declare where you are. Amen. Listen, I want you to go to, uh, real quickly, a couple of response abilities that we have. Peter's response was speaking the word in the middle of confusion. So his response was based on the ability that the word of God had been sown into his heart and to his mind. He was prepared. He had overcome. He had come out of his place. And now he was ready to step into an influencer's position. And I want you to real quickly, I want you to go to, we don't have time to go where I want to go, but we're going to go real quickly to uh, Galatians 6. Galatians 6 and 1. Praise God. God's word. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. First response is when God speaks, we can respond to God. Second thing is when situations occur, we can respond with the word. Here's number three. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, 
Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is a confirmation of Peter's experience. Peter fell. When he was strengthened, he took the responsibility to strengthen his brothers. And then Paul comes back and says, listen, folks, I want you to understand this. You people of Galatia, recognize if you see someone caught in a fault, a fall, you who are spiritual, because in other words, to get spiritual, you would have had to go through something already. Amen. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself. What would you want people to do for you if you were in the hole? Woo! Be empowered with your response and your ability to be a leader or an influencer. God has given us his spirit to make us leaders. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes. The anointing is God's supernatural power to get stuff done, right? The anointing comes to help you get stuff done. What is the stuff you get done? You get done blessing other people. You get done by reaching other people, taking what you've experienced and learned of God and and just saying, oh, well, this is all I have. Guess what? That's all you need. Like I told you, a little pebble in the right place and make a big ripple. Influence. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. I want you this week... I want you to just pray and ask God to give you clarity. God, give me clarity on where I can make an impact. Where can you make an impact? Where does you just getting tossed into something make a wake for others to be blessed by. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your will, your word, your spirit in this place today. We pray every hearer would be strengthened with might in the inner man. Lord, that every person that is among us right now would be encouraged and strengthened. Lord, if there are any of us who have been in hard spaces, spaces where we have fallen like Peter, where we have felt as though we let others down, or we felt as though we let ourselves down, or we felt we have achieve below the mark. I thank you, Father, that you never look at us as failures, but you've already prophesied to us that your grace is sufficient for us. So thank you for sufficient grace in the lives of every person here today, sufficient grace to give us the proper response. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Today's message was titled The Kingdom Leader Part 10, response ability. We invite you to join us any Sunday at Abundant Life Worship Center here in the city of Vallejo. Our Sunday worship begins at 10 a.m. at 1435 Glen Street in the city of Vallejo. If you'd like to join us online, you can always catch us on our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net and you can go to our media center and catch any Sunday service live stream. 
We thank you again for being with us and pray that God bless you. If you have any needs or prayer requests that you'd like to talk to us about, feel free to go to the website and check out our care and prayer section. And we would love to connect with you and pray for you any way needed. And remember, Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.